0: Welcome to Born to Thrive, Going Deeper with God. Together, we will journey into the heart of God as revealed in His Word. Discover why we were created for more. Hello and welcome to Going Deeper with God. I'm so excited to talk about worship and what worship really is and what it really is not. And that may sound strange, but I wanna just dive deeper into um, what it means to really worship God the way that God wants to be worshiped. And so when I say that, I'm not talking about a form. You know, when I say worshiping God the way he wants to be worshiped, I'm not talking about whether or not you raise your hands or bow down Or just sit still or spin around in circles. I'm not even talking about the form. I'm talking about what worship really is and where it starts. And so before I do that I wanna read I wanna read John chapter four, twenty three and twenty four it says this is Jesus speaking, and he's talking to the Samaritan woman, and she's saying, well, we worship here on this mountain, and she's talking about forms and, and where you should worship and what that looks like, and then Jesus um, corrects her, and he says this. He says, a time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And so you may ask, what in the world does that mean? So we're talking about going deeper with God. And God desires a close, intimate relationship with you. So you can actually go through the motions, you can go to church, you can sing in the choir, you can recite liturgy, you can do all of these things that are not bad, but they may or may not be worship. Worship is about a divine encounter with God. It is you saying, God, you can have all of me. I hunger for you. I thirst for you. I know. I know that I was created to be united with you and to have sweet fellowship with you. I desire to just encounter you in a deeper way. That's really what worship is about it is in this is when your spirit your spirit connects with God's spirit and then the emotional expression takes place and so you know a lot of times we We have so many different denominations, and I'm not opposed to denominations. That's fine. But again, as I've said before, God only has one church. And so we have to recognize the fact that worship happens through encounter, it doesn't happen in form. There are a lot of people that can recite liturgies, and they can, you know, the charismatics could, you know, like spin around in circles and. And, you know, have different emotional responses to encounter with Jesus. If you are encountering Jesus, it's a spirit of humility and a spirit spirit of surrender. I'll say that again. It's a spirit of humility, knowing that it's all about God. It's not about me. It's all about him, exalting him in your heart, exalting him in your mind. And every part of you is exalting God above yourself It's not about me, right? And it's about surrender. So there's that humility of understanding that he's God and I'm not, and there's no one beside him. There's no one like him. There is no, God has no rival. It's this one song that I love so much says, God has no rival. He has no equal. He alone is holy and righteous and pure. And he deeply loves me. And so I return my love back to him. That is really what worship is all about. It is acknowledging the God who created all things, seen and unseen, is deeply in love with each one of us. And he freely pours out his love upon us, offering us salvation, offering us a new life in him. And then we respond to him with our love. That is worship. So worship is, it happens way before the emotional response takes place. Without that, it's really not worship. It's an emotional experience. And let me explain the difference between the two. Sometimes people say, well, you know, these people in church are hypocrites. I saw this woman in church and, you know, she was dancing all over the church and had her hands raised up or, you know, this happened at this You know, particular church. And then, um, after church was over, I saw her, you know, being very cruel and mean and just not even, not even acting like a believer. So I would suggest the possibility that maybe it wasn't worship. Some people enjoy the emotional experience um, that they have when the choir is singing and the music is playing or, the liturgies being read or whatever form of worship they belong to, they enjoy that experience, but they've never really surrendered. And they've never really surrendered all that they are to God and, and, and just poured their surrender of love back to Him. And when you have that, then it looks like hypocrisy. I am not at all saying that those who really worship God are not ever going to fall or sin because we all are a work in progress. So let's just make that very clear. A person who worships God is not someone that never sins. That That's impossible. God knows that we're all a work in progress. Myself, here I am. I'm a work in progress. Um, and God is molding us. But it's a heart of acknowledging that we don't want to do anything to hurt him. We want to do everything uh, to love Him and to bring joy to the pleasure and pleasure to the heart of God. And so we live our lives in a way where we surrender to the Holy Spirit in the everyday life. And that means that when we do fall, we are quick to repent. And that's the biggest difference. On the one hand, there are people who may have outward expressions of worship, but they don't live a daily life of surrender to Christ. So then I would, I would have to suggest because I'm not God and I don't claim to be, I'm not all knowing, but I would suggest that maybe they haven't fully entered into worship because they haven't fully surrendered all that they are to him. Again, I want to just, uh I want to emphasize what worship really is about. And that is, it's a deep intimacy with God. It's a journey into the heart of God. And everyone is invited to this. The only thing you can't bring is you can't bring your own selfish desires and then expect yourself to really encounter God. And what I mean by that is worship is not a time where, You make it about yourself, you know, where you want to be seen. Or look at me, nobody prays like I do. Oh, look at me, I can tear up a tambourine and I can jump and swing. and Or look, look look, at me, I'm so dignified in how I read the liturgy and nobody can read it like I do. And I have this great, wonderful voice and it becomes about you. It cannot be about you if you're truly worshiping God. Worship happens first when there isn't an audience in your mind Or physically. And what I mean by that is that if you're so conscious about everyone around you and what people are thinking about you and how you, you know, sing like nobody's business and all of this stuff, it's really not worship. It's performance. There's a difference. And that happens in all different types and forms of congregations everywhere. It's pride. It's self-seeking. It's self-glorification. And when you have that, you can't truly worship Worship is having a heart that is prostrate before God in total surrender to Him, understanding that there is no one like Him. And you say, God, I need you. There's no one more beautiful than you are. There's no one more magnificent. There's no one who loves the way that you love. And I surrender my heart to you, and I return that love back to you. So one of the things that I recommend in order to really understand what worship is, is to try to worship God when there's no one around. That's when it really, really uh happens. And I'm not saying that because I love to worship in a congregation too. It's just beautiful to be around um, other believers worshiping God together. So there's corporate worship. But I would also uh like to suggest that worship has to happen also when there's no one around, when you have an audience of one. And you're you're pouring your heart out before him. And so you sing to him. You acknowledge that there's no one like him. You adore him. And you fall in love with him the way that he is in love with you. And so there's this beautiful exchange when you are receiving because we first we love because he first loved us so God pours his love out on us and then we return it back to him in praise and in, in the knowledge that we do have of him and yet we hunger to know more about his glory more about his goodness so that we can worship him even more when you do that in the secret place Right. When there's no one else around. And then you go into church and then you worship in church as well. It's coming from a deep place within your heart. It's not based on the sounds around you or a beautifully you're not dependent on. Um, anything happening in your environment, because your heart is already connected in the spirit to worship him. And so whether the music is great, or it's not so great, or whether or not, you know, this person doesn't read the liturgy as well as this one, it doesn't really matter, because he's so beautiful, and your heart longs to connect with him. Um, and so I want to really talk about that. And, and um, emphasize that worship is not for us, it's for Him. Now, do we benefit from it? Absolutely. Do we have an emotional response? Of course we do, right? God Himself is emotional, right? He is emotional. He pours His love out on us. That is a, a love emotion that He has, right? And we are also emotional beings, and so we will feel emotions. But how it is expressed is unique to how he wired us. And so when we become critical, I'm going to get into this a little bit. When we become critical of other people who do not worship the way that we are, that's pride. Because it's not about you. It's all about him. If you look in scripture, there are many different forms of worship. Um, that we see, you know, where you lie prostrate before the Lord, you see King David dancing so much, like he's spinning around so much, his wife is embarrassed, you know, because it's like, you're embarrassing yourself in front of everyone. But he was so excited that he danced before the Lord. And then we see scriptures where it says to be still, be still and know that I am God, right? So it's really about encounter. It's not about how it's manifested on the outside. And so before you begin to become critical of other people, Look at that person. They're not raising their hands. They're they not being touched by God or whatever that is. Please stop that. Please. It is not godly to do that. There are times, I'll just speak of myself personally, I'm pretty charismatic. I love to raise my hands and I'll probably be more like David, spinning around in circles. But do you know that there are times when I can't even move? I don't want to speak. All I need is silence because God is speaking to me in the silence. Do you know that God speaks to us in the silence and that everybody needs to experience that? Everybody needs to be able to quiet your soul and to hear God speak in the still, small voice. Um, and so when we get caught up in fashion and form, it's a form of pride. And we need to stop that. And I hear a lot of preachers that will criticize other churches, other forms of worship. And they say that that's ungodly. They're this and they're that. We don't get to do that because worship is not for you. It's not for me. It's for him. I will say this, that the Bible does give us um, some guidelines as far as being a distraction. There are some people that um, can be a distraction, and you need to recognize that in corporate worship, remember, we have to consider our brother above ourselves. And so if you are um, so demonstrious in, in your worship that people can't quite engage because you become a distraction from what the Holy Spirit is doing, then you need to recognize that and not be a distraction um, in corporate worship. Because it's not, again, it's not about you. It's about him. But we are to prefer a brother even above ourselves so that we're not distracting from what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, also... I want to talk, and we will talk more about this maybe um, in our next episode, is that we really need to understand that Holy Spirit is God. And it's important because the Bible says that we are to worship in the spirit and in truth. People have, and probably more in the charismatic um, circle, which I think I'm a part of, I don't like to consider myself a part of a camp, but um, I will say this, that people um, have especially in charismatic circles, um, have re- just said they treated the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit is an emotion or, or a force. And though he is all powerful and he is creator and that he is, um, you know, he moves among us, he is God. He has a personality like the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And so we need to understand that it's critically important that we understand that Holy Spirit is God. So one of the pet peeves I have is this, and I believe that, um, that it's biblical, <laughs> this pet peeve is actually biblical principle, is that we need to stop dividing God. I've heard people say things like, this church has too much, um, too much word and not enough spirit. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that. Too much word and not enough spirit. There, it, that doesn't make any sense. It's, you know, Paul talked about the division in the church and camps, right? And some saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. And then Paul says, is Christ divided? In the same way, God is not divided right? He, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You can't have too much of the word and not enough of the spirit because they are one. It's just understanding who they are, understanding how they function, um, as one. And so the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, which is Jesus Christ. So when you're reading the word you are reading, what are you reading? You are reading Jesus who wrote this, who wrote the word? Holy Spirit, so you cannot separate them. You cannot separate them. That's that's something that I think is very important that we understand and we honor the Father, Son, and Spirit as one. And so it's not about having too much Word and not enough Spirit. You can't have one without the other. It's understanding how um, the Holy Spirit works and then coming into alignment with the Word of God and not allowing your uh, tradition to replace the, God's Word. So again, let's get back to worship. I'm going to kind of like wrap it up here a little bit and just say, remember this. This is my challenge um, until we meet again, is that you find your secret place, whether it be in your car, driving to work, or when the family is all asleep and you got some time to yourself to worship God. And it looks like this. It looks like Holy Spirit reveal reveal Jesus to me in this moment and as the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you. Remember, Jesus came to reveal the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Holy Spirit has come to reveal the son, right? And so he will speak to you and he will begin to open your eyes to see the beauty of the Lord. And in that moment, you begin to say, God, I thank you that you are beautiful, that you're my provider, you're my beloved, that you've loved me with an everlasting love and there's no one like you. You begin to have your own song that you sing out to God in the secret place. And then when you come and you worship with other believers, it will flow from deep within your soul. It will not just be uh, the music is great. I feel like dancing or whatever. It will be your spirit connecting with the spirit of God and saying, God, I surrender to you, beautiful Savior, beautiful Lord, there is none like you. We each have a song to sing back to God. So I encourage you to begin to sing from deep within your soul and truly worship God in spirit and in truth. All right. I'll see you next time. If you are struggling in life, you are not alone. We have a Christ-centered mental health team ready to walk with you down the path of healing. To find out more, there is a link in the show notes. Consider becoming a financial partner with Building Bridges Ministries. The link can be found in the show notes. Together, we will multiply kingdom impact. You are the water. living water my well is dry I need you in my life I'm thirsty since so my well is empty